These are groundbreaking stories of South Africans with severe medical conditions and the innovative teams that have brought about miracles to help them. Welcome to Medical Miracles with Barbara Friedman. Robotic surgery, not just something in science fiction movies as one might imagine. This robotic surgical system is being used right here in South Africa to cure diseases like prostate cancer. And for this 60-year-old man, the state-of-the-art technique has ensured he's had no impotency side effects after having his prostate gland removed, as is often the case with old-school methods. Keep listening. Finley MacDonald has been having his annual prostate check for the past 20 years, never giving it a second thought. And then in February this year, my PSA was over 10. I was told there's no normal PSA level, but every year my PSA used to be 4. PSA is a prostate-specific protein. It is not an indication of cancer. So it's an indication there's something wrong or something happening. So with no physical sign, no discomfort, n- nothing changed, just my PSA. Finley was sent for a biopsy. They take six samples. The results were not good. Four out of the six biopsies came back positive with cancer. Finley's first wife had tragically died of breast cancer, so he knew firsthand what this news could mean. He'd met a wonderful woman some years later. Gail was also widowed. The two hit it off and had recently married. Now this terrible news. I was going there as a precaution and it never entered my mind that one of the tests would come back positive. Cape Town urologist Dr. Anesh Naidu specializes in the da Vinci robotic method of surgery being used to treat prostate cancer. He says about 20 to 40% of men between the ages of 50 to 60 have prostate cancer, though he's had patients as young as 40. In most of the prostate cancer that's diagnosed today, something like 20 to 30% is actually indolent cancer. It's not a clinically significant cancer. In other words, it does not necessarily cause mortality. But you do get cancers that are extremely lethal. So we use a grading system to try and determine how aggressive the cancers are. And depending on where you fit in, the treatment is geared towards how aggressive the tumour is. About 80% will need treatment and intervention. That is a significant number. The process of determining what is aggressive and what is not aggressive is not an exact science. And to give patients a diagnosis of cancer and then to expect them to live with it and not to act on it It's sometimes very difficult. Patients feel nervous, you know, unsettled, anxious about this. And uh, a lot of them are not comfortable with that idea. And we have to offer them treatment. I have to truthfully say, I thought, is this a death sentence? You've been confirmed positive. You have prostate cancer and visions of it spreading throughout the rest of my body. And my instant reaction is remove the prostate now. And as well as being diagnosed with cancer and the shock that you've got cancer, being married, newly married, two years, wondering what effect this will have on our married life and my ability to perform as a male, that was a major problem. Um, You know, just because we are the age that we are, um, (laughs) there is still a physical side to things. To have a dysfunction in that area after only being married for two years is quite, quite scary. 
Prostate cancer surgery has always been notorious for causing damage to delicate nerves which control erectile and urinary functions. Many men after surgery have ended up impotent and incontinent. And nerve sparing is one of the things that makes this robotic surgical option so attractive. The traditional treatment for prostate cancer used to be surgery, or still is surgery. And the traditional method of surgery is open surgery, where you make quite a large incision in the lower abdomen and you remove the prostate through this incision. The problems with that type of surgery, one, was blood loss. You know, patients lost a significant amount of blood through open surgery. Um, and 20 or 30 years ago, that was a major disincentive to having the surgery. Patients required blood transfusions. And that traditional method of surgery is associated with more pain, a longer convalescence, a longer duration of catheterization. I went to watch one of these robotic-assisted operations in theater at Christian Barnard Memorial Hospital. It was pretty mind-blowing. Patients often ask the question, what is the robot? Am I going to be operated on by a machine? No such thing. So this is robotic-assisted surgery. So the surgeon sits at a console and the robot is right next to him and the robotic arms go directly into the patient. So the, pa so the surgeon controls the robotic arms from the console. So there are no autonomous movements that the robot makes. Everything is controlled by the surgeon at the console. So there are three separate parts. It's the console where the surgeon sits, the actual patient cart or the robotic arms that go into the patient, and then there's the visual stack, the visual console that processes the images, that integrates the information coming from the surgeon and the information coming from the robotic arms and it synthesizes it. Surgeons make just a few small incisions through the skin of the abdomen, serving as ports to insert the robot's arms. So there are four robotic arms. There's a camera arm, and there are three arms that actually hold instruments. And there's an assistant at the patient's side who puts in another instrument. So there's actually four tools inside working simultaneously. This robotic system magnifies the images in 3D high-definition vision on 30-inch monitors, and the tiny wristed instruments bend and rotate better than any human wrist. The surgeon at his separate console, viewing this 3D image deep inside the patient's body, operates the robotic instruments with hand and foot levers and pedals, looks a bit like he's playing a video game. With conventional laparoscopy or keyhole surgery, one has to have a fulcrum of movement to actually move things within a patient. You need to torque an instrument against some surface to actually move an instrument. Whereas with a robot, it has a, what they call remote center technology. So it works using a remote center in space. So the tissue trauma at the point at which it goes in is a lot less than if you had to do it with your own hand. They also have tremor filtration. So there's no tremor in the surgeon's hands anymore because the robot does not, it does not tremor. Your cancer control is actually better. Preservation of nerve structures that serve erections is better. And your continence, your control of urine afterwards is also better because you save a lot of muscles, a lot of tissue that are essential for these functions here. And the, the future lies with this. Whereas with open surgery, you are stuck in a certain paradigm that just cannot move further. The recovery is much quicker, the in-hospital time is much shorter, 
and your whole body functions healing a lot quicker, which in my case it has. When you do an open incision, you actually have, you cut through muscle. So these instruments here, for one, is that the tip, it's a blunt tip, so it separates muscle fibers. So it doesn't, so you cut the skin, that's in it, you can't escape that. But the actual port, when it goes through deeper structures, it just it separates the muscle fibers. And this certainly contributes to a much faster recovery and less trauma. And everything works. That was the main thing for me in this procedure. And I think for Gail, pain was nowhere near as uh, bad as I expected. I think like a typical male, uh, you expect the worst. The first surgeon that we saw actually never told us anything about this robotic surgery. Finlay and Gail are so happy they sought a second opinion and found Dr. Naidu. The procedure was covered fully by his medical aid. I get the impression that the medical aids uh, are encouraging this procedure because the short stay in hospital, the quicker recovery process. So in the long run, it probably is financially more viable. Finlay wants to give advice to other men. He says the information out there was very confusing. Men need to talk more about this prostate cancer. And I found that there were no support groups, no support. You're bombarded with a massive information and you have to make a life decision. It just shows how fragile our male ego is. Um, being alive at the end of the procedure, cancer-free, is what I'm keen on. <laughs> I think if you can help uh, somebody else make the right decision for themselves. Um, that's what I would be really keen to get involved in. In fact, one of the things we tell our patients is that when you hear the word cancer with prostate cancer, there's no need to give up hope, you know, despair. That's just not necessary, I think. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Medical Miracles. Visit 702.co.za for more intriguing stories.